The Women Beyond the Table is a community of empowered women who are rewriting the rules and taking their skills, knowledge, and wisdom beyond the table. Welcome to Beyond the Table podcast, where we bring you powerful stories of women who are the epitome of resilience and success. We feature trailblazing guests who have faced challenges, pivoted fearlessly, and achieved extraordinary feats. Our conversations delve into timely topics, and we share tips to help you build healthy habits, shift mindsets, and ignite your business. The Beyond the Table podcast is where your journey to empowerment and writing your own story begins. We thank our following sponsors, JAG, Crines Creations, Fine Jewelry, and Cube Films. For over three decades, founder Roland Crines has been creating some of the world's most astonishing jewelry for both customers and well-known luxury brands. His award-winning designs can be seen from red carpet events to anyone who wants to unapologetically express themselves through jewelry. Cube Films is a boutique-created production house focusing on the art of storytelling. Welcome, everyone, to the Women Beyond the Table podcast. My name is Tammy, and my fab co-host is Karen. Hey, Karen, how was your weekend? Hey, Tam. It's great. My weekend was great, but I have to tell you, I am so beyond excited to speak to the women that we're going to be speaking to today. Me too. Today's Table Talk is so special because our guests are Nafiseh Kashanadam and Bahare Gaderi, and they're joining us today from Turkey. That's, that's our international guests. Besides having the honor of having these extraordinary women on, we also have on Diana Jarrett. Diana Jarrett is a gem and jewelry industry legend, everybody, just letting you know that. She is a graduate gemologist, master valuer, industry journalist, and she happens to be my mentor in the gem and jewelry space and in life, by the way. Okay? So Diana, she brought Bahare and Nafisa's story to light by writing two feature articles on them that ran in multiple publications. Karen and I were so intrigued and humbled by this story that we asked Diana to introduce us, and here we are today. So let's get into today's topic, how to keep going against all odds. So first, Karen and I, we love to welcome you. Welcome, Bahare, Nafiset, and Diana. Morning and afternoon. Hi, ladies. Hi, Hi, Karen. Hey. Welcome, ladies. Two of the bravest ladies I've read about. So I'm That's right. These, way, these ladies are the epitome of taking back their power, huh? I love that. Oh, yeah. That's why we picked this topic for you guys. So as always, when we get into it, our first question in an interview format is always, let's start with the, with the beginning, your journey. So we want, to, want you to share with us your, your background, your culture, your family. Take us on that journey to becoming jewelry designers, and then collaborating in 2010. Well, hi again. My name is Nafise, and this is my heart. Well, we both know each other since high school while we are studying graphic designing. And we both got our bachelor's degree and officially started working together in 2010. Well, I think we all know that the road to success is paved with ruthless mishaps and mistakes. But believe me, as women born in the Middle East, you face more struggles than others. I can say we just learned from our own successes and own failures. Until now, we have been working in very different kind of projects, like um, 
public art installation, murals, photography, and now jewelry designing. We know that it's the time to create something new, even we will succeed or fail, but we are ready for it. Because of the type of project we have been engaged in the beginning of our professional career, we had to travel a lot. So that's when we thinking about the creating something new, something that was new for ourselves. We creating jewelry design, jewelry collection. Yeah, yeah. Well, something, something that is meaningful to us. We had many ideas, but we wanted to create something that is relatively small and easy to carry from one place to another. So we started using bronze to create art medals, and then we tried jewelry designing, and we decided to keep that as our creative outlet. Wow, that's really that's really great how you got there. So were your families, like, you know, were they, were they supportive in your decision to open a business and pursue this line of work? Were they supportive of it? As I said, you have to get the permission, right. and you should do it alone. So I'm glad to hear that was a yes. Okay, so now tell us a little bit about the jewelry designing and how you create your motifs because you have a very special type of collection and that we've seen, your Hope Against Hope collections. And what what influenced you to design this kind of aesthetic and what inspires you to create this kind of jewelry? Yes, actually, we were really connected with jewelry designing. It was exactly what we have been looking for. It was small, it was portable, and we could be creative as as an artist we wanted. Yeah. Also, we knew the kind of stories we wanted to tell with this series. It was all going to be about the culture, the kind of things that are happening to our to in our own country, in our region, and we think it's affecting us and everyone around us and our, our society as a well. whole. Another reason that we chose jewelry designing was beauty. You can't ignore it. You see it. Well, even though you don't always try to beautify our surrounding just by bringing art to it, well, sometimes it's about what happens when you see a piece of art. It might make you think or it might make you wonder or it might start a conversation with a stranger you never know. And that is exactly what we like to do. We like to use our skill to call attention to the issues in our surroundings. We got inspiration not only from the jewelry that were made in our own country, but we look further the country in our region as well. We found some really beautiful and amazing motifs and jewelry that were made in decades ago. We love the design and the motif and the use at the time. Well, we collected our favorite motifs from forgotten old goldsmith workshops. Some were huge and elaborate necklaces, really beautiful. Sometimes we use a very small part of the very large necklace. And we randomly damage the pieces using different tools and techniques. The result is one of a kind piece of jewelry that cannot be curated again. I am fascinated with the story behind it and how you take your pieces. Can you explain to us what you do to your pieces to express yourself and the meaning behind your culture? Actually, that leads us kind of into our next question, which is, when you talk about damaging your pieces, and because your pieces are extraordinary, the workmanship, the detail that goes into it, they're, it's, they're beautiful. You can see where the inspiration is coming from as far as your design. It's, it has that a very strong Middle East ethnicity to it. Yeah. But 
when you look at, when you mentioned damaging your pieces, that takes us to the challenges that you were facing working in your homeland of Iran. Mm -hmm. And this also led to creating the hoping against hope message and creation. So can you tell us about that challenge and what you were facing when you decided to create this collection and go into this type of jewelry design? Actually, the biggest challenge that we were, we had since we, we were old enough to understand what is going around us has been sanctioned. Of course, as an artist, we always wanted to do, to work internationally. We didn't want our lives, our jobs, and our projects to limit it in a country we live in. Well, honestly, we grew up in a country where there's so much happening there. Everywhere you look, there's something that could be represented in an artwork. Mm-hmm. And the situation in the region is getting worse every day as well. Or we see increased suicide rates among educated people during sanction because of financial problems, or acid attacks on women because of strict way of thinking or war in almost all countries around us. Everywhere we look, something awful is happening. And of course, it's going to affect our beautiful culture, our people, our society, our identity. Uh, The collection Hoping Against Hope is based on the situation we are living. We have been waiting for restriction and sanctions to be lifted for many years, of course. We wanted uh, to work internationally, as I said before. So we that is why we choose designing our very first collection and name it Hoping Against Hope. That is exactly about how we feel about our culture and the state of our society. Oh, well, we decided to represent this decline culture in the form of jewelry. When you wear a piece of jewelry, it becomes a part of you. And mm-hmm. we wanted our creation to be part of us, just like culture is. Our culture might be declining, but we think it's still beautiful. Even if it still holds a stunning beauty. It is important to us that the last beauty of the pieces be inspiring for audience as well. They can create their own story by the broken parts. That is exactly what we wanted of my collection. When we were brainstorming the idea, we wanted our concept to cover many issues. So we wanted each viewer to carry their own story. That's kind of interesting because everybody has inside them something that's broken or something that's troubling them. So it resonates when you see, when you see disruption or you see something that's missing, mm-hmm. it kind of harkens back to sometimes what's going on inside of you, because we're all living in crazy political environments and situations and mismanagement of governments and all kinds of things. And we're all, we're all victims of it in a lot of ways, regardless of what region we're in, just some have it. Yeah. To further degrees, but uh, it's very interesting. Yeah. It's so interesting to express it in jewelry, like that unfinished piece or that damaged piece. I, me personally, I had never seen it. And it just was like, wow. I agree. I think the story is so beautiful and so empowering. And Diana, I I would love to know from you, what made you pick the story up? How did you find these amazing women? I think that is, it's a tremendous question. And it speaks to their character and perseverance. I've, I've been writing in the trade and consumer publications for about 20 years. And so because of it, I get communication from people all over the world all the time. They want something different. Everybody wants something different. And it's interesting. I I, I welcome it. I can't always respond to it. But one time I got an email from these ladies and something stood out to me 
separate from every other kind of communication that I'd had before. They asked me if I would write about them. It's not the first time that's happened, but I thought I need to dig a little deeper. What's going on here? At some point, I asked them, how many people did you reach out to? I was curious, like, how did they find me? How many people did they reach out to, to say, could you write about me? And ladies, could you respond and tell us? Because I think hearing this from your own lips is going to draw up some strength in other women to say, okay, me too. Ladies. Oh my God. People, did you, you can't believe it? I said it to, to you before. We connected about 500 journalists and we received just two positive answers. One of those answers was from you. Thank you. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's perseverance, ladies. I got news for you. <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's so extraordinary when somebody is willing to take no for an answer or silence for an answer for a long time and not give up. And that is part of their great story. That's and a mark of greatness. How many requests do you get from people to write about them as well? I get a few every month. <laughs> I get a few every month. Sometimes I think, no, it's not a good fit for my work because it's clearly just self-promotion. Nothing wrong with that. If you have jewelry, you need to let people know it exists, right? But but to me, it became very apparent. It was, divine, was, it was divine timing. There was another layer to this story. And the more I inquired of them, the deeper layers I found. And to me, that was the real value in telling their story. Their- Ladies, that's one of the marks of, of, of greatness when, you, when they study people who have succeeded, CEOs, yes. billionaires, they never got sidetracked with a no. They never stepped back when somebody told them, you can't do that, or nobody responded. They kept believing in their vision and they kept moving forward. So just telling you, That's a key characteristic of the most successful people. So you're definitely on your way. And talking about being on your way, you left Iran and you went to Istanbul, Turkey. So tell us about that journey, because it's a different journey than you had from the beginning, clearly. And what are the personal and business challenges that you face day to day? How do you manage to stay on track and stay motivated? Mm Mm-hmm. Well, we spent years working on our collection. And in all these years, we were hoping by the time we finished our first collection, the sanctions would be lifted and the situation in the region would be peaceful for everybody. And personally, just like a normal citizen of the world, you wanted to be able to join the international market and international artist community. We were looking for simple things like having an international bank account or joining international artists' conferences, galleries, competitions. And honestly, when none of that happened, we decided to leave the country just to achieve what almost all other people have in other parts of the world. That was our dream, and we needed to make it happen. Also, we wanted our collection to reach a broader audience. So we moved to Istanbul, Turkey about one year ago. Well, our most personal challenge was to leave our homeland because of our dream. It was difficult to leave behind everything and everyone we loved and we've known for all of our years of life. 
Well, it wasn't easy to immigrate to a country that nothing is familiar. We didn't have any help. We don't even speak the language now. We don't have any support here, but we really wanted to do this. Well, we knew it's a risky move. We knew uh, we had become very strong. We knew it's not going to be easy. But also, we want to be closer to our goals. And I can say, of course, starting from scratch in a new place has certainly been our biggest business challenge so far. Well, we just spent years as professional artists in Iran, our country. And we had created decent personal professional life for ourselves. But we felt if we wanted change, we had to do something about it. It hasn't been easy. We don't know anything here. We don't know the rules here. We are figuring things out as we go. I believe if you want to take your power back, you have to take a difficult path. That's an amazing story. And it is. You have goals. And, and we find so many times when you have goals, those goals, the universe somehow conspires through mistakes and mishaps and crazy happenings. It, it conspires. And when that goal, you, you, it will be realized. And I can't wait to watch you two in the international world of jewelry because you have beautiful pieces. I am moved by the story tremendously. Thank you. Thank you. So now that you, you, you've embarked on this, I'm going to ask you a two-part question, okay? So where do you, if you had to start all over based on where you are right now, yeah. what would you, what would you tell your younger selves? Would you do anything differently? Would you say, you know what, we're not, we're going to stay in Iran. Would you do something differently or would you pretty much, so if you're pretending you're talking to your younger self, what would you tell her? Actually, what we have learned in the past few years, it is, it takes time to find information. As I said, we never had a mentor or a guide, so we always figure things out by ourselves. So we had Google as well, but it was... God bless uh, take, Google. <laughs> for finding information and our answers, but it's, it takes a very long time to finding them. Our life hasn't been a straightforward life, so finding answers that match our question and our situation has been very time-consuming. Well, this has been very stressful for us. Yeah, it puts a lot of pressure on us, a very bit, very bit more con- uh, confidence now. And uh, so my advice to our youngest would be do your best and patiently wait for the results. Things take time to happen. Accept it. <laughs> and don't stress yourself over things that you don't have any control over. I would tell the younger version of myself, do your best, enjoy the flow and the process. I love it. <laughs> the flow. I love it. Yeah, because you know what? There are a lot of things that we obsess about that we don't have control over. And I, I just love that. I, I love that that whole, okay, you know what? You have to be patient because patience is something that's not a characteristic any any longer. It just doesn't exist. People don't have patience to stay in a job. They don't have patience to let themselves be in the moment. They don't have patience anymore for anything. They just want to, I have to do this. I have to do this. And I think it's really brave that you recognize, like, it's really a genius that you recognize that, that all these different things that you need to do coming from the situation that you've come from, because this is what we're all discovering, regardless of where we live. Yeah. Yeah. So now the next part of the question is, where do you see yourself in five years and what do you hope to achieve? So we went backwards in time. Now we're going to go forwards in time. Where do you see yourself in five years? And what are your hopes to achieve? 
Well, I hope in five years we'll get to exhibit our work in other international galleries. I hope you have the financial freedom to create artworks that we like and that are meaningful to us. We hope to design a few more collections. We also hope to see other people wearing our jewelry because we put our heart and our soul to them. And we feel amazing when we see the people connected with it and wearing it. So how can people find your jewelry? Where can we find uh, Nafi Sambare's jewelry designs online? And how can the audience find you? Everybody can see our collection on our website at nafisambare.com. And we do have an Instagram page and Facebook page. And if you look for nafisambare, you should be able to find us anywhere, Google, Facebook, Instagram. Okay. And, and for those audience listeners, that's Nafise. N-A-F-I-S-E-H and Bahare is B-A-H-A-R-E-H, Jewelry Designs. But those names definitely are unique and they stand out. It's true. (laughs) I Googled you guys and it came right up. And the truth of the matter is, is that we'll have all the information in the show notes as well. So you can find their beautiful designs and see what the excitement is all about. So, all right. Is there anything else that you'd like to add, Diana? like your, your take on, on everything that's happening for these ladies and their journey. We would love to hear it before we say goodbye. I think the important thing for everyone who researches a topic to find the subtext, find the story underneath the story. And I certainly did that with these ladies. They had something to say underneath the jewelry that they created. And and so taking a little time to learn what's underneath the obvious, I think will make all of our lives incredible. I love that so much, Diana. And I think the story that you you found these ladies and and they reached out to so so many different outlets and, and you picked it up and you get so many requests. So this was, to me, it was meant to be. And I think these ladies, we're going to be watching these these two stars shine and rise. Mm-hmm. I mean, to that, we really appreciate you being here. The story inspires people in the audience. People want to know, how do I, I have challenges? How do I overcome those? But you can overcome challenges. You can pivot. It's up to you. And you can make something of your lives and get your, your mission and your vision forward. And that's what you're, you're examples of. So we're honored to have you on. And you see... The right person responded to you, Diana Jarrett. And then here you are on podcast. And who knows what can happen once this is released? Who knows? But I think it's it's a beautiful journey that you're on and keep staying strong and keep moving forward always. Okay. And we always want to know where you are because there could be another podcast follow-up. Who knows? Right, Karen? Absolutely. We're going to be following you too. Thank you. Thank you so much. God bless. Thank you, Tammy. Take care. And thank you again for your time. I know there's a time difference. You're in Turkey. Thank you for being on. Thank you so much for Diana for joining this call and for taking time. Diana is in the midst of multiple deadlines. So really, I appreciate your time. And with that being said, ciao for now and God bless. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you enjoyed this episode as much as we enjoyed bringing it to you. We would love your support, so please leave us a review wherever you listen to this podcast. 
If you are interested in hearing more of the Beyond the Table podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss out on future episodes. Check out the show notes to find out how to reach us. And remember, you are strong, intelligent and sensational. You are Beyond the Table. Beyond the Table.